0: Hey, you ever listen to stock radio? Ever listen to stock radio
1: on Weed? My co-host tonight, Nick and KD. What's going on tonight, guys? Hey, what's up, man? Happy twenty seventeen. Happy twenty seventeen to you guys. How are the holidays? Awesome. Good. I don't have to ask Nick how the holidays were. I was there with him for one of the best. I don't know about you, Nick. One of the best Christmases I've had ever. And i uh, really glad to have celebrated it with you. So on to 2017 and tonight's Pot Stock Radio. So we've got one of my favorite former guests. And if you're from Philly or the area, you know him. Riley Cote was the enforcer for the Philadelphia Flyers for years. Kicked a lot of ass. And when he retired, realized uh, he needed to stay healthy outside of hockey, and the prescription drugs just weren't the way to go for Riley, so started doing some research into his health, and also had a sister with multiple uh, MS who hemp was really helping her, so Riley started realizing it could help him too, and now Riley is one of the biggest positive hemp cannabis people I've ever spoke to, and when you talk to Riley, Riley is a no bullshit guy who just says it how it is. And he feels like it's ridiculous that people play God. So we'll leave it at that until Riley gets here. And dude, I found something out in my research that we're going to start off with something I never knew about Riley Cote. But if you know him, uh, don't just know him as, as Riley Cote, the enforcer. Check out the Hemp Heels Foundation, and you'll see Hemp Heels Philly. What are we up to this year? This will be number four, guys. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think so. Last last year
1: was the third, so this spring, summer, will be hemp heels for our buddy Poe up on the stage, Nikki Allen Poe, if you know who he is. Another person that if you're around Philly and you follow Cannabis, you know who Nikki is because he's one of the reasons why Cannabis became decriminalized in Philly. So he'll be up on the stage promoting and getting the crowd warmed up, also a really funny stand-up comic if you never check out Poe. And yeah, Philly head-
3: Smoke Session.
1: Philly Smoke Session. Yeah, Kenny, you're a uh, KD is a fan of the spill Oh uh, yeah, Philly I'm
3: sp- a 10D. Everyone, man, I'm there.
1: Okay, and you're going to the next one, correct?
3: Yeah, next one, 21st, man. Catch is there. Uh
1: oh, 21st. I know what important day tickets the 21st are sold is. sold out.
3: Okay. It's gonna be insane.
1: Awesome. You've already got one of those sold out tickets, though.
3: Oh yeah. Okay. VIP. Every time in there early.
1: A VIP. All right, yeah. so. Philly Smoke Session, very cool, you know, everybody just getting together. What's VIP mean?
3: Uh, you're in there early, you get a gift bag. Um, If you get Platinum VIP, you get a free cannabis meal, and then you have, like, your own little private section. Yeah, I'll be in there with the Garden State Glovers, I mean, a little table, having fun. Okay.
1: Blazing it up. All right, so Philly Smoke Session is just you and a bunch of other Philadelphia cannabis-friendly people all getting together. Yep, cannabis
3: what's, connoisseurs. What's
1: the highlight of it? What to you, when you leave there, what is it that makes you feel like, holy uh, shit, I can't believe I just got to be a part of that?
3: Um, The honey pot, definitely that post started like uh, two sessions ago where everyone puts all the best oil or the tree. You know, they just put it on the big pot and whoever wins it for Tuffy's fight you know, whoever gets the lucky number gets to take it home.
1: So it's kind of like a 50-50 happens you're normal? Yeah, 50-50. Everyone throws like a gram of oil in. Yeah, it's just incredible. It's like the best winning ever. How awesome is that? And and Poe, if you don't know who Tuffy is too, that's another name in the Philadelphia area you should be aware of. How old's Tuffy? She can't be more than like 11. Um,
3: She's 11, yeah.
1: Okay. But they said
3: that she wouldn't live past being nine, but you know, through cannabis and all that, she's through it
1: and now her father goes to the smoke sessions correct? yeah ricardo ricardo yeah it. that's who i've seen and uh you get to hang out and talk to ricardo at all yeah
3: man you'll have a little setup you know you can dab with him buy a ticket buy a shirt you know and all the proceeds are helping toughies you know it's a great it's a great thing to be a part of you know and it all with cannabis
1: that is super cool and this month sold out they have one a month it is like yeah
2: one every uh, two months. One one every
1: Dude, Kenny, next time, KD, keep us in the loop. Let's get the word out early. Now they're sold out. If you don't have a ticket to this month, you're just going to be hearing about KD talk about it in the February show. Oh, I'll be uploading pictures. Yeah,
2: you could find all the information on uh, other social media I've Check them out on Instagram. Usually- All
1: right, so by the way, that's a good question for you guys. What social media are you guys a part of? Because most of this show happens on Twitter. But you guys aren't Twitter people. You're the younger guys who are more what, Instagram? Yeah, Instagram's yeah. Words, uh, Instagram
3: is where it's good. All right, so tell
1: people if you don't mind, if you want them to follow you. Oh, yeah. KD, follow who are you? KD Beats.
3: KD 8-5-6. Beats.
1: 856.
3: My profile is public, so you'll be able to find me. All right, cool.
1: All right. So cuz that's what that's what I want people to know how they can follow us. We do a lot of stuff on Twitter, but I know you guys aren't really Twitter people.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I don't want to
1: have you try to do something you don't no, no, do. I have
3: a Twitter too. It is the same as the Instagram.
1: Okay. So Dude, me first, me first of all, me and you got to follow each other. First oh, yeah, thing follow right. the show. First things first, me and KD gotta follow each other yeah, on Twitter.
3: And we gotta throw our picture up.
1: But other people yeah, I'm working on by the way, the reason the picture isn't up yet is because I wanna take the picture we made and have it turned into a cartoon, like our old picture.
0: Mm-hmm. And I keep having
1: problems where I pay for it to be turned into a cartoon and mm-hmm. then they're like, Okay, which one of the four people am I turning into a cartoon? I'm like, Wait, no. no everybody's obviously. gotta be a cartoon. So I'm hoping by next show there is a cartoon image of the four of us like there was the last show. Awesome. So, but in the meantime, all right, KD is on Instagram. Find him there, Beats 856 also on Twitter. And then by next show, let's be linked up together.
3: For sure.
1: All right, so we got Riley Cote calling in at 8.15. Also could have a surprise guest that I didn't put out on the link, but Charlo Green, former PotStock Radio guest, could be calling in. But me and her have been going back on Twitter And there might be a little confusion because she asked me to email her, emailed her and didn't hear back yet. So not sure if we're going to have Charlo at 9 o'clock. If not, we're going to have Charlo on the next Potstock Radio. So before we have Riley on, I want to talk a little bit about just the world of weed as you guys see it. Mostly for you, Nick, the world of dispensaries. And I know things have been changing around here, and everybody knows – Kenny was talking about it before the show, you can get up to two ounces per month of flour if you have a medical marijuana card. But I've seen at dispensaries it's like there's a shortage. Is that what it is? There's not enough product for patients? Uh, Yeah, that's what it
2: looks like now with the increase in the patient population with the PTSD law being passed in New Jersey. Okay. Um, The latest statistics that I read I think were September's Uh, September statistics, that it was like 450 people that were trying to enroll just in that month for PTSD.
1: Yeah, and there's still only like a few dispensaries in New Jersey, right? You're either going five five dispensaries total
2: in the state. But they're kind of like spread out, so there's a couple that are closer than others, but for the most part they're spread out. Wow. And also, from what I hear and see, just the qualities really don't all match up. It's like you kind of have to go to certain ones if you're looking to get like good, clean medicines.
1: And give us some examples of how you've seen things change at the dispensary. Like you can get two ounces, but what are they allowing you to get when you show up with your card?
2: You know, like certain uh, dispensaries are advertising that you can only buy like. Uh, a quarter ounce of each strain okay. with a half ounce limit to buying buds at the end of the day okay. where you could still get your two ounces in if they're offering any type of uh, oils, you could okay. still purchase the rest of that or maybe like if they're offering like any type of uh, shake vape mixes or something like that. But at the end of the day, if you're going to the dispensary to buy buds, uh, you're probably going to be limited to what you're allowed to purchase.
1: And that's like per week or per time you go? I think it's per day, per visit.
2: Per day, per visit.
1: So bottom line is you can't go get your whole month of medication in one right. shot right now unless you're willing to do it. Some in flour, some in oil, some in vape mix. And it doesn't sound like the dispensaries are trying to stop you from getting what you can get. They just don't have – They don't have the product to back it up right now. Wow. Right now. You oh, see That's, that's nuts. Yeah, you see that changing because I've I've heard rumors, and I don't know. I haven't read this anywhere online, but that there might be more licenses open up in New Jersey. Do you see – like do you hear that, Nick, on, on the inside of when you talk to people? Do you think it's possible that they're going to open up more dispensaries so there's not that much? At the end of the day
2: – Um considered like a non-profit organization or whatever but at the end of the day there still has to be some type of revenue income coming in. And yeah. See the demand so they're going to do whatever they have to do to fulfill it, you know? Yeah. Um so I know that uh yeah, they're going to do what they have to do to make sure that they could uh keep up with What would your bet
1: What would your bet be? More likely that they have the current dispensaries grow and expand so yeah, that they can handle more. That's what's going to happen. Got it. More than them giving new people licenses.
2: Yeah, I really doubt that they're going to turn around and give – Uh, I, I mean, at the end of the day, it could happen, but I just don't see it.
1: Yeah, I mean, if it's going to happen, it's going to be after Christie's out of office and hopefully other people who get involved in politics. I mean, I've seen people – in New Jersey, I know it was talked about possibly uh, Stephen Sweeney becoming governor after Christie left. Now I've heard him pull his name out of the race, but I've read that he's definitely pro legal cannabis, medical cannabis in New Jersey, 2018. recreational cannabis even. Twenty
3: eighteen, we're I, weighing on him, man. Need on the same ballot. Thing.
1: I've seen. Now, Kenny, I heard you say earlier you think we're going to be able to vote in twenty eighteen.
3: Yeah, who knows? It could be on the ballot. They should, you know. But because then, you know, by then, they're still going to have to figure out if they want to do a recreational or they're going to be, you know, more lenient with it.
1: With medical. Getting
3: a fee to get a medical card in the state of New Jersey is outrageous. Yeah,
1: tell people what it costs to get a Um, medical card.
3: It's around $1,000 just to get a card. That's not what... Without even getting $700. the medicine,
1: seven hundred dollars before you buy any medicine, it costs seven hundred dollars just to have a card.
3: You know, in other states, it could be a hundred bucks. You know, right. whatever they the state feels like charging the patient.
1: Delaware's six ounces too. Wow, six ounces per month. Yep. And what is cost per getting your license? Similar.
2: Yeah, I believe it's similar.
1: Yeah. I guess, like, anything.
2: The thing is, though, uh, New Jersey has, like, it's set up to where if you're getting, like, government cash assistance from the state and stuff like that, it's crazy. Like, to where someone else who wasn't on government assistance would have to pay $200. I believe the government
1: assistance rate is only $20. Yep. Okay. So if you need government assistance, then you can get your license for cheaper, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then also when yeah. you and weed, have a car. Too. They
2: have discounts for the – yeah, they have discounts for uh,
3: veterans. Okay. people in government assistance. Okay. Also, too, you know how much an ounce costs is in the state of New Jersey? is Like yeah. 480 Right. Who can pay that monthly, you know?
1: When you're spending $1,000 a year. When you're sick with an illness. Yeah. So on top of that, they hit you every 90 days.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, every 90 days, $100 fee.
1: Wow. Well, hopefully things change because we saw recently the first person uh, was awarded medical marijuana through his insurance in the state of New Jersey. So let's hope that we can continue to see this because what we recently saw is a Cherry Hill psychiatrist and neurologist who helped a gentleman to be able to be awarded medical marijuana through his insurance. How big would that be for the state of New Jersey? That would be awesome.
3: Game changer, right there. Right. Now, insurance companies have to give people their, have to pay for the weed. Come on.
1: I don't know how likely it is for other people to get that, that. That's what I'm trying to figure out. What you precedent did won't that see set? You much more. Yeah. I think that's like a once-in-a-lifetime thing right there that you see. I mean I'd be shocked if it's once-in-a-lifetime because the way things work in court is once something happens in court, then that sets the precedent. So now the next person who goes to court and says, I want my insurance company to pay for my medical marijuana, the judge looks at the case where someone was already awarded that, and then it makes it more likely to happen because it already happened than uh, if it's never happened before. All right, let's go to tonight's guest. I believe we've got him on now. You know him as former flyer enforcer and current coach of the Phantoms, Riley Cote, but really you should know him as teacher, coach, and healer with Hemp Heels, Riley Cote. Welcome to the show, Riley. How are you tonight, man?
0: I'm good. Thanks, man. I'm Very good. Nice. Thanks, man. Very nice.
1: Dude, good to have you on as always, Riley. So I am going to start with something I never knew about Riley Cote. And in doing my research, I found out you were never drafted and basically walked on to not only the Phantoms, but you were a walk on with the Flyers.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was a pretty disappointing time of my life when I wasn't uh, drafted, but it certainly uh gave me, you know, gave me gave me more drive to uh you know, to achieve my goal and obviously every kid's to play in the NHL and uh, you know to get drafted and all that good stuff, but uh, you know I guess it was a little bit hard, a little harder road, but you know he kind of strengthens you and you know g- gives you that uh, extra push. So I mean that's why I kind of look at my whole career. I was, I was, I was a, a, as a fighter literally on the ice, but also a fighter as yeah. a sense of. I mean I, I I I changed my role completely to to achieve what I needed to achieve and. Um uh, you know, being undrafted is probably a good thing. You know, I you mean know, the diversity kind of strengthens you and uh That's what and, I was you gonna know, say kinda of one of those stories.
1: That's what I was gonna say. You always hear people that were drafted look back and go, All right, that guy was drafted in front of me, so I now am gonna take it out on that team where you got to look at every team in the NHL that passed you up and now you're the enforcer going to try and take down their best players. <laughs> so
0: little yeah, bit of well, a different I, I, change. Yeah, well, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I'm a huge believer in you know, adversity, and, and you know, and I, I think yeah, the sooner you face adversity, you know, the stronger it makes you. And the earlier, you know, it makes you stronger earlier. So, I mean, I see a lot of guys now on the coaching side of it. A lot of these guys have never really faced adversity. You know, and everything's been easy for them. They've always been the best player on the team, and then uh, all of a sudden at the pro level, now they have to fight for jobs. And now it's like, now these guys are this is their livelihood. So. Um, you know, you see, you see the, you know, the mental toughness or that, that, uh, you know, that part, that that spirit that you just, you can't teach or, you, you know, it's not, it's not instilled. You have to find that within yourself that you know, some guys just don't have it. You know what I mean? And it's like, they're so unbelievably gifted with skill and all, all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, the the, the, the ingredient, uh, the, you know, the variable that, you know, makes those guys special is, you know, you can call it the glue, the spirit, or, or whatever you want to call it. Just, uh, Some of these guys don't have it because it's
1: been too easy. Yeah, and now do you think that that was actually a blessing for you now that you're a coach? Because it's got to be easier for you to get your point across to your players when they don't look at you as a guy who had everything handed to them and you had to work just to even get to where they are rather than the NHL. Does it actually make more of an impact when you're talking to guys going through what you went through?
0: Well, I I think so. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm a pretty you know grounded person. I talk to people, uh, you know, uh, you know, with with compassion. I understand people, and I, I like to sit down and you know just uh, uh, lay it out there. And, and I think and I think when you when you lay out the story and the experience that I've gone through is like it, it kind of hits home to all these guys. I mean, because you know, 90 percent of them are drafted by the Flyers. You know what I mean? Which uh, you know uh, already is like they're they're ahead of the game. Um, they're in the American League, I mean, i have to talk, you know, a couple guys up and down with Redding but like they are certainly ahead of the game or where, where I was in the central hockey league at that you know, at that stage of the game at twenty years old in you know, it's pro ranks. Um, so I mean I I think that stuff goes a long way. You know what I mean? It just builds trust and there's a respect a mutual respect between the you know, the player and the coach. And again I'm an assistant coach, so it's kind of like, you know, you play the buffer zone between the head coach and there's a lot more like you know, dialogue with the players and you kinda, you know, almost play shrink at times cause, you know, a lot of it is managing character. Um, so, you know, I, I love it You know, it's just uh, You can pass on some, you know Life lessons, some hockey lessons And everything in between You know what I mean? Yeah, these, I think these guys appreciate it
1: And now, when you walked onto the Phantoms Did you walk on as a fighter? Or did you walk on as just the defenseman Who could play hockey? And they said, look, the way you get in here Is by being able to fight
0: No, so I had uh, So before I joined the Phantoms in oh four oh five. I had spent uh, one year in, uh, in the Central Hockey League it was the Memphis River Kings. We actually ended up winning uh, a championship that year, and I played a few games with St. John's Maple Leafs in the American Hockey League. The following year, I played in the East Coast Hockey League in Dayton, uh, Dayton Bombers, and I played a few games with Syracuse in the, in the American Hockey League. And then it wasn't until the, the following year when it was, it was actually a lockout lock there in 0 4 I started back with Memphis. Uh, for for training camp and I got a phone call from uh, Ron Haxtell and said we want to sign into a 25-game tryout. Uh, I said absolutely, so I flew to Hartford, met the team there and long story short, I landed up sticking around that whole year, uh, led the team in penalty minutes, had over 30 fights, won the Calder Cup, landed up fi- signing uh, four PTOs, the 25-game professional tryout agreements and it was like a, kind of like a Cinderella story and then I you know, just momentum, and the energy, and, and the vibe of it all, it's just like, I ended up selling an NHL contract, and just kind of like, you know, was rolling with it, you know, it was just one of those things, it's like winning, is like everyone, everyone wins, you know, it's all about winning, it's great, it was, uh, so, I mean, that's, that's how I landed up there, and then, you know, you know played two years, two and a half years with the Phantoms, and, you know, kept going to the Flyers training camp every year, and then, you know, made this, finally made the team out of training camp, and Literally fighting, you know, fighting for a spot every day.
1: So, and we're going to get on to talking about cannabis and hemp because that's really—I mean—we're Stock Radio. That's one of the reasons we have Riley on. But I, as a sports dude, I like to talk a little hockey with Riley too. So I want to talk a little bit about your movie you were just in. So we've had on our show before Adam Scorgi, who made some okay, incredible nice. cannabis movies with Culture High. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But his most recent movie is a sports-related movie, and it's called Ice Guardians. And Riley Cote is one of the enforcers in the NHL that the movie was made about. So, give us a little bit of an idea of how that opportunity came to you, and what it was like to be a part of Adam Scorgi's next movie.
0: Yeah, it was—it's uh, was kind of a small world, actually. Uh, so he's a, uh, Adam Scorgi's—he's a, a huge hockey fan. He actually. Uh, Grew up in Kelowna, British Columbia with uh, one of my uh, former teammates, you know, Phantoms and Flyers, Todd Fedoric And, um, you know, he reached out to me like seven years ago about possibly being in this movie. And then he was in the whole legal stuff with the NHL and, you know, the process of even getting approval, licensing, all that stuff to even film it. But um, um, he knew I was in kind of the hemp and cannabis space and he, you know, he introduced me to his, to his films. Uh, one was the, the first one that had already been done, I think it would be called the union the business on mm-hmm. getting yeah. high and then and and then uh, you know then he was filming the second one, so it was uh, you know kinda of, kind of interesting when you know where both, both 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 worlds kind of you know collide with the same with the same guy and he's he's awesome, great spirit positive guy, just like you know gets it um so it was you know just an honor to work with him for sure.
1: And now, are you surprised that the NFL gave him the authority to make the movie? Because, th- what is your opinion? Does the NHL like the enforcer? Or Does the NHL see that as a negative aspect of the game?
0: You know, I think uh, it know, I depends on who you, you that, talk to in the NHL. But um, I think but, uh, I think the smart guys I still understand it. I still see, I still see that there's a uh, you know there's still a place in hockey for it. Um, I think yeah. the way fights happen and the type of players that are fighting certainly has evolved out of the game. You know what I mean? You're not going to see a guy like me ever again in NHL. <laughs> I can guarantee you that, uh, you know what I mean? Like pretty one dimensional, just like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, heart and soul kind of get out there and get after it and, you know, challenge everyone and act like an idiot. And You're not going to ever see that again because the game's evolved to like the fourth lines, like supposed to score now, you know, and, like <laughs> sure. Not just energy just and, muckers. and, and uh, yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: Don't don't shortchange yourself though, Riley. You were a little bit more than a fighter. You know, you could fight, and you were out there to do that. But you could also play.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, what, was just yeah, out there you know what? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's yeah. funny because I actually when I was younger, I actually uh, you know was not was somewhat of a goal scorer. You know, I was always like a power forward type. You know, not obviously not like anything skilled like some of these guys are like. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I understood the game. I could skate well in a straight line and, uh, you know, play a simple game, shoot the puck and all that good stuff. But I think when I took on the role of, uh, you know, the energy enforcer guy and, um, you know, I was only six one and, you know, we about, you know, naturally about 200 pounds time. So I, you know, I really had to pack all the weight and, and it kind of turned on the switch of being the crazy guy. And I think I probably overdid it at times where I, you know, probably should have played hockey and focused on hockey a little bit more, but I was just so, like, so into this role that I was kind of, you know, new to and, you know, embracing, and, you know, it's a spirited role. It's, you know, you got to be ready. You got to be on your toes, and you, you're fighting the biggest, baddest dudes in the NHL. So, uh, you know, it's just something that you have to be fully dialed in. I don't want to ever, you know, go into any of these games half-assed or not fully prepared. So, you know, it's more focused on the fight than the game, you know? You know, it's just... Cause it's just Fighter, you know, fight or flight, and you know, and there's, there's no, there's no, you know, skating away. You know, I, I take care of business. So,
1: and we're talking about Riley Cote, former Flyers enforcer, now coach of the Phantoms and founder, co founder of Hemp Heels Foundation. So, rather, let's get into talking a little bit of cannabis. So, what made you? But what made you get that involved in cannabis, to where now it's your life? Uh, Don't get me wrong, I know your sister uh, having MS made you start to recognize cannabis. But what made you make it your life the way it is now?
0: You know, I think it's because I, you know, I've I've understood cannabis as a total like health and wellness plant, like all around, um, from top to bottom. Um, I really got introduced to it, you know, from you know, from a nutritional standpoint. Uh, so I started transitioning from uh, whey proteins and plant, you know, and, and animal proteins to plant, more plant-based proteins, and really, ultimately, hemp protein was, uh, from what uh, everything I read and understood, was the most digestible protein, and uh, you know, just just perfect ratio when you're eating hemp seeds of uh, omega-3 fatty acids, and and everything about it made sense. And that was kind of when I was transitioning transitioning my life. Uh, um you know as a whole i was you know I, I i stopped consuming things that were making me feel bad and you know i i was stopped consuming uh, ref, refined sugar and i really stopped stopped drinking alcohol for a long period of time there um yeah and just doing trying to do a lot of things that you know made me feel better and, and help you know increase my quality of life but um you know and the more i learned about cannabis and and you know the cbd and the and the uh, you know again going back to the nutritional profile of the hemp seeds, is, uh, once you start incorporating um, these things into your life and and removing toxic things and and these things that are you know detrimental to your health, you know amazing thing happens. You know your, your physical body you know it looks all good and dandy, but it, you know to your mind and your spirit that really sees the results. And uh, you know cannabis is just uh, you know from top to bottom, like I say, just as a as, a, as an industrial resource of you know, textiles and fuel and, and, uh, um, virtually replace any sort of plastics to phytoremediation to, um, you know, to medicine. And, you know, that's that, you know, that most people, that's like, you know, the, the biggest and odd, most obvious one, but it's just like all around. If you're growing hemp everywhere, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's much better than some sort of, uh, you know, uh, you know, toxic resource that we're, you know, pulling out of the ground and, you know exploiting mother nature um when you can be growing something simply as hemp which we've done forever and uh you know it, it just kind of removes it removes the whole the whole dirtiness of the planet uh, that we're causing by fossil fuels and you know the, you know all this unsustainable energy so you yeah, know it that. That it makes sense and it, it just it just it just it fuels you you know i became extremely passionate about it, and I just want to you know, have my hand dipped in everything because you I mean it can change everyone's life, whether they know it or not, and if they really want to know it, it can it really change your life. You know what I mean? And that's and that's the beauty of it. It's just, it's just like sky's the limit with cannabis and hemp. So
1: Excited. Yeah, not only can it Excited. impact you positively in a lot of ways, there's things like uh, in, over in Chernobyl, they're planting hemp and continuously pr- planting hemp to take all the radiation out of the ground. So not only can exactly. it really help... Exactly. To improve your life, it can also fix problems that yeah. we didn't think yeah. there was a way to fix that for a million years. And now it's possible that they can use cannabis to take radiation it, out
0: of the ground. Exactly, exactly. You know, when I created the Hemp peels uh, Foundation, it was ex- exactly that. It wasn't as, you know, it was just Hemp peels the body, but Hemp peels a, a lot of things. And, you know, the, the planet yeah. and the environment and the, the soil and uh you know and everything it's just, it's just it's just it's just a healing plant all around and you know if 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 that was the number one resource you would be growing in America, I mean things would be a lot different. we wouldn't be as toxic as we are, there wouldn't be as much disease pollution uh you know plastics uh you know you could replace it all it's just illegal at the end of the day
1: and since you've become an educator on cannabis, what do you believe the reason is? Why people continue to play God with, you know, people's medicine and and something that comes from the ground that they continuously try and stop people from having access to.
0: Well, it's it's, it's it always has it, it always, always has to money. money. It's, it's, yeah. it's 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 it's, it's uh, unfortunate that that it's, uh, it's it's a massive business. So it's not about what's good for people. It's just about profit. So uh, people's health and public health is. Is really at the back burner of it all. It's, uh, it's it's about how much money you can make. So um, you know you introduce synthetics like nylon to replace uh, hemp fibers, and you you know you, you create crops crops that require tons of pesticides and herbicides. To you know what I mean to to so to, to sell more of that, and, and and you know what I mean when you could just grow a natural plant with none of that and do it the right way, take care of the soil. You know, take care of the people, heal the local economy, get jobs back to the local towns and townships. You know, it's just so simple. It's just, uh, um, you know, the farmers are just—they're just—they're just dying to have a new crop, or you know, it's just a, yeah, a crop that you could grow for for virtually anything. You can't screw it up. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like—it's just like there's, there's no waste if you did it right. And there's you can no replant, like, like from top to bottom.
1: And you can oh. replant. Most crops, yeah. you have to rotate them with other yeah. crops. With hemp, you can just yeah. continuously plant yeah. hemp without depleting the ground of its natural resources.
0: Yeah, so it seems like yeah,
1: – like we know, easy. of course, it's, it's, it's Riley and Popstock Radio. So, of course, we're both so on the pro side of cannabis that it almost seems silly when any, whenever anyone's conned to it or, or thinks it shouldn't be more accessible than it is now. So yeah. what is your, long, yeah. knowing that, what are the long-term goals of the Hemp Heels Foundation?
0: Well, education you know, actually, is, is, certainly, is certainly tops the list always and always will because there's, I mean, you're, you're not going to be able to get the message across unless people know, um, you know, what you're talking about and, and how positive of, uh, of, of a thing it really is because most people are conditioned to think that it's a negative thing. So right away they're, you know, the guard's up and they have this, you know, this preconceived notion that it's uh, a dark plant and it's, you know, it's like an underground, you know, it's almost created a meth lab type thing, type of drug. But it's, uh, you know, until you you learn about it and, you know, you, you kind of break down the history and you you, you talk about that kind of stuff, people understand pretty quickly, uh, you know, what you're talking about. But uh, certainly education has got to be the top of the priority as always, and it, obviously uh, what everyone craves is research, so we're definitely going to get into uh, helping out with that. I have another side project um, that's going to be launched here right away, and it's actually geared towards athletes. It's called Athletes for Care, Cannabis Access, Research, and Education, um, and it's a platform for uh, you know retired athletes. It doesn't matter what sport, they actually have a, a, a division for, for veterans as well, but a place where you know they can go for education has got to be the number one and an opportunity to get into the different studies if they're, you know, depending on where they are on the map, um, access to, you know, whether it's CBD or THC, um, dosed for their, you know, ailments and conditions, seeing different uh, cannabis doctors that we have, uh, you know, you know um, already connected with. And that type of thing, also investment in, in business opportunities, job opportunities, and uh, you know, speaking engagement, stuff like that. Helping these guys have a purpose. You know, all these guys retire and they have no purpose, and they have you know, they have nothing to you know, cling on to because the sport has been you know their their livelihood and their spirit, and all of a sudden it's gone. So they need to reconnect, and I think cannabis is the perfect conduit for that. Um, so hemp peels would be awesome. you know, getting involved in that type of stuff. But I think education and research are. Certainly, the two, the two priorities and, you know, a lot of different stuff we do, it lines up being, um, you know, educational, um, you know, workshops and stuff like that. And, um, you know, just kind of just sh- showing the viability of the plant and you know, what you can do with the innovation it's just like, it's just amazing what you can do with it. And people will be mind blown if they seem a fraction of it, you know?
1: I think it's great when people uh, try to spread the word about what worked for them. So you retiring from the NHL, you used cannabis and hemp to really help you stay healthy after retiring, and I think it's great that now you're trying to help other people who are exiting the game have a better exit than getting stuck on Percocets and Oxycontin and not knowing how to Go from the life you have as a player to the life you have in retirement. So, wondering, is the NHL, do you approach the NHL directly about what you're doing on the hemp side, or is that something that they just hear about from, you know, knowing Riley Cote and reading articles
0: that are written about you? Yeah, like, so right, direct... right now, it's probably more like that. It would be just, uh, you know, they you know, they would hear what I'm doing and blah, 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 whether they hear yeah. it or not. Yeah, I'm not really sure on you know, all their opinions, but um, but the plan is to eventually approach the NHL once I have everything organized. I mean that is the plan. Ultimately, is to uh, you know have a few uh, doctors and have a few ex uh, athletes and you know have uh, you know just a couple of spokesperson for their their experience and have some pro- you know, professionals back it and support it with some sort of data, some sort of research. Um, and uh, and you know and 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 kind of pitch it and, and and see where it goes. You know what I mean? I'm just not sure. Yeah. It's not, I think it's gonna be the same type of thing that ends up happening as you know NFL. I mean, it's like the NFL is not gonna change their stance as long as the plant is still deemed scheduled and at the federal level. I just can't, I just can't yeah. see them lifting a ban for the players and then the rest of the country gets the shaft. You know what I mean? I'm not sure that's uh, in the cards, really. You know. Agree. So. So we'll see, what about we'll see, on the players? We'll see,
1: what about on the athlete's
0: side? Like
1: you've been, you've been on the cannabis side for years. Have you seen athletes' opinions change about, you know, it's actually a medicine now? Do you see them uh, being more open to that than, than you've seen in the past?
0: Yeah, I would say absolutely, yeah. I mean, you've seen so many stories, almost one every other day. And, you know, mainly in football, since there's just such an you know, epidemic there, uh, the guys come out every single day and, they, you know, they're talking about their cannabis use. Uh, you know, there's been a couple of coaches come out recently and, and talked about their cannabis use for different, uh, you know, managing pain after surgeries. And uh, it, 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 I, I think it's certainly shifted, especially coming out publicly and and, and talking about it. I think, I think quietly people have been using it for a long time. And it's just like been one of those things that's like, you know, it works for me, but I'm just going to, you know, keep my mouth shut and do it, and, you know, it's all good. Um, you know, now people are, you know, it's, it's 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 all about doing the right thing. You know what I mean? It's like you know, like, it's deep down in your heart. If it, if, if something's working for you or working against you, and I have to believe most people that consume cannabis or cannabis direct product, you know, you sense uh, just a sense of general well-being, and, and you just feel good. You know, there's that wellness factor, and I just think that, it's just, it's just, it just, it's just pure craziness that it's still like this, um, and there's so much education to be done. But you know, it's, everyone does their part, and everyone, can, you know, everyone. That's the way kind of people are coming out, and you know, t- taking their platforms, whether you know they're an athlete or a musician. But I think a lot of athletes now are taking their stance, their platform, and uh, you know, speaking the truth, and you know, letting letting the people know that that the the laws are wrong, and that this is medicine, and you know most plants have some sort of uh you know nutritional or medical value you know we talk we don't we don't talk about ginger or garlic as, as as medicinal, yet they are you know if you mm-hmm. want to break down food and herbs and know and, and, and plants as as you know food is, is medicine and plants as medicine i mean that's been forever i mean Chinese medicine is based off that you know it's not a new concept. Sure. Having plants yeah. that have medicine. You know what I mean? It's like... So, That's so what, what I tell is, people. It's not tobacco. It's not tobacco. We know that. Yeah, even,
1: even outside of cannabis, there's essential oils that can really do wonderful things for you. And I explain Absolutely. to people... Like, what, that's what they've been doing over in the East for 3,000 years. And here we've been around for a couple hundred years and think everything has to happen by being prescribed through a doctor. Well, if they've yeah. been doing this for 3,000 years, there's probably something to it.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, my my, my, my faith in Mother Nature, I think, like, anything man man dips his hand in the name of money, it's, it's usually tainted, you know what I mean? And uh, and it is. You know, you see it over and over. It's just like, Mother Nature does it best, you know? And that's why people are so gravitated toward this plant. And it's it's been illegal since 1937. And people are constantly seeking it and constantly selling it and constantly trying to get their hands on it because it gives them a relief. You know what I mean? It increases quality of life. And that's, there's no denying universal truth. You can't keep this down forever. You know what I mean? It's like... You got a major heroin epidemic on your hands, you got a zombie apocalypse on your you know, ready to burst out here. It's just like, you know, we have to we have to take care of what's real and reconnect to what's real, you know? We're so disconnected in the natural world. It's scary.
1: Yeah, Talking about the heroin epidemic, I heard you say something that I think is one of the most important things I've ever heard someone say about cannabis, and I think it got overlooked, and I really want to highlight it because I heard you say that everyone considers pot a gateway drug, and you see it as an exit drug, and I really agree with that. You know, So many people look at it like, well, cannabis was the gateway. Someone did cannabis, and then that's what made them do cocaine, and then that's what made them do heroin. And the truth is, no, that person was an addict, and they had an addict's mind. And if they would have got coffee, they would have become coffee addicts. And if they would have smoked a cigarette, they would have become tobacco addicts. So for some people, they get to pot, and they go, okay… I'm going to get off the drug bus now. This is good enough. This is what I was looking for. I'm not looking for something past that. And I think that gets overlooked. I think there's so many people like me out there who used pot as an exit drug. And it it feels great to hear someone like Riley Cote put that out there, that it's not everybody using it to get to the next drug.
0: Yeah, no, I think, I I think that myth's been debunked a million times over. Except it keeps getting thrown out there you know, from prohibitionists, but um, um, the fact is, is the cannabis has been used as a negative drug for for eons. I mean, uh, I think they used cannabis way back in the you know, um, you know, ten thousand years ago when they, when they had the opium problem and getting people off it. The Darren Darren McCarty, uh, I don't know if you you know, you know Darren McCarty from uh, Detroit Red Wings. There sure. he came out this summer. Yep. And uh, publicly, and talked about using cannabis to come off, uh, you know, his alcohol addiction and his alcohol withdrawal symptoms. And you see this all the time with people uh, going through opiate addiction uh, treatments and alcohol addiction treatments. So, you know, the, 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 the cannabis really does help with the withdrawal symptoms. There's no question. And uh, it, it helps you relax and, and, and sleep and, and you have a proper appetite. Um, it's it's crazy. I mean, gateway drug. I mean that, that that theory. There's only one part about that theory that you can you can actually agree with, and the only part about it is that it, that any any black market drug can be sold by a drug dealer. So if you go to a drug dealer, Joe Blow's house, and picking up you know a bag of reefer, he um, you, you could have some ecstasy pills, some some uh, you know some coke and some heroin and whatever else there with it, and then maybe you know, sure. he'll uh, invite you to buy some of that stuff. That's the only part of the gateway theory that, uh, that that's somewhat valid, it, but it, but that's only because of prohibition to begin with. So the laws create that black market and the black market drug dealers. So um, uh, you know if if it was legal, you'd never see any of that. I mean, if you want to talk about uh, gateway drugs, why don't we ever talk about alcohol? I mean, every stupid thing it's I've biggest. done in my life, I've been drinking, and most people could probably say the same thing. You know what I mean? It's you don't you don't you don't just. Start ripping lines after smoking a joint. You don't just rip lines after no. dinner. You know what I mean? You're you're partying. And you know what? And you know what I mean? That's, it's like I that... mean you don't you don't just do these things uh, you know when you're dead sober. So um, yeah, you know, in New Jersey, I going for days.
1: yeah. I don't know if you notice, know Riley. In Jersey, they just made it to where if you have a medical marijuana card, you can't get a gun license. And I'm like, wait how how did they think that was the problem? Like
0: who has ever yeah. owned-
1: high and decided, you know what, let me go get a gun. It's the opposite. If someone had a gun yeah, in there, the I would go, wait, yeah. I would go, wait, before you decide to do anything with that, smoke this and tell me what you think in 10 minutes. And that person who was yeah. ready to shoot a gun 10 minutes later would go, you know what, there's got to be a better way to solve this problem. And it's like, that's what yeah. can happen. So Riley, here's what yeah. here's no, like yeah, it's Here's why you're so important. I know, I know you're not an ego person, so I know this might make you a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm saying it anyway. So people like Riley Cote are what's going to drive this to become a mainstream medicine, and the reason why is because people like me, I'm just some douchebag on the radio who – of course, on pot stock radio, I'm going to be pro-pot, but you're someone who people respect. And you've been pro-cannabis before anybody uh, you know, was saying what you're saying now. So having people like you who are the mainstream, reminding people this isn't just stoners that are doing this uh, so that they can get high. This is people who want to be better trying to make everything better. It's so friggin' important to have Riley coteys out there.
0: Yeah, well, thanks. I appreciate that. But, uh, you know, what it comes down to is that everybody knows somebody who's, you know, is, is in some sort of, uh, you know, pain or had some sort of, you know, tragedy, and even themselves. I mean, everyone's going through something, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, uh, uh, emotional, and all that good stuff. And at the end of the day, cannabis uh, helps increase quality of life, you know. The physical pain, the mental, the spirit, it just it just heals, you know. So it's 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 just one of those things that people 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 just need need to have access to this and it's, it's it's so important that you know i i do it and i try to pass on a message every time i talk to somebody kind of educate them a little bit It's just that that they don't they don't fear it you know don't 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 be so scared of it you know like uh yeah. give it a chance be you know open, what i mean yeah. it's just, uh, right. just be open and, 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 and it seems so crazy to be... That we're saying this in 2017 to like be open to a plant, like be open to this when it's, it's old as the earth. You know what I mean? We're kind of reconditioning the mind here to, to old, old simple concepts that are, you know, natural, true, natural and universal truths forever. You know what I mean? It's the natural world will always be, uh, you know, the most powerful thing. I mean, it's, you know what I mean? That's that we are natural beings and we need to, you know, get back to our roots and and uh, and heal. And you know, you, you heal. Mother Nature does it best. It offers us a lot of things that we don't use. You know, you know, it's just like Dude, it's it's it's, it's incredible.
1: So damn important what you're doing. All right. So now, in the state of Pennsylvania, how have you seen the landscape change? I've been to some. uh, Some – I don't know what to call them, but in in Philadelphia they had meetings that you were at, that I was at with you, where they were talking about the uh, research that was being done at University of Pennsylvania. Have you seen any movement on the funding for those projects, and do you really think this is something in Pennsylvania that there's research being done that could move us to a further place –
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, the movement is is kind of slow right now because the application process hasn't even uh, uh, been completed um, yet. I think I said like in March it'll be completed. I think it just just started, so um, uh, you're not going to see any movement as far as actual uh, you know dispensaries or grows uh, probably not until you know the, you know midsummer. And you're not going to see any dispensaries probably until 2018. I wouldn't think. Uh, but certainly, there's uh, you know on the back end of it, you know Thomas Jefferson and um, you know uh, you know Lind- Lindy Snyder and there's a bunch of people getting involved in this uh, um, this cannabis research program they got going on there. I think some some Australian guy just uh, uh, just donated five million dollars to it, and I'm drawing a blank on what they just changed the name to. The guy who donated, they just changed the name to it. So there's definitely some movement on the back end. They really wanted, they really want to make uh, Philadelphia like the, the leader in research in cannabis research. Um, so it's awesome. There's a lot, there's been a lot of good things happening, just like, you know, like all things political and all this stuff It did just take time for a role. Um, but it, it certainly will be, if you're going to look at two, three, four, five years from now, um, some, some really, some really positive things and a lot of change, you know, so really a lot of good things to look forward to.
1: And what about the progress of growing hemp? Do you see that happening in Pennsylvania anytime soon?
0: Yeah, so we were just—I yeah. uh, guess it was probably two and a half weeks ago—we were slapped in the face with. Uh, they came out with the Department of Agriculture came out with um, the regulations, which basically uh, removed any any opportunity to commercialize in the plant this next growing season. So the pilot program, um, which we're still going to be a part of, which is still going to be awesome, uh, it has to be through a you know school of higher learning. So we're actually going to yeah. be partnering up with Lehigh University and, and doing a couple. Research, quote unquote, projects. So, um, phytoremediation talked about Chernobyl. We're going to be doing uh, uh, something involving that, and then some hemp 3D printing and uh, a couple other things. Uh, and anti-bacter- bacterial and antimicrobial properties of hemp. Uh, we'll be researching, and um, so I mean, there's a lot of great stuff. Again, this uh, there's like uh, so that so that program. The regulations were released in basically uh limited to 30 licenses only five acres per license and basically took out the whole you know commercial aspect of it for sure just in the name of research which again we're kind of proving proving something we already know but uh um, whatever it is progress research. you know it is it's just yeah wealth, research you know. means
1: in the name of money <laughs> so. yeah it's yeah exactly so it's
0: uh it's you know, it is progress. I mean, you know, it's, again, it's 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 been illegal since 1937, so it's uh, uh, you know, it is progress. I mean, you know, the revolution happened. It's just, uh, you know, I wish it, I wish like it went quicker. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but now, you, but uh, you see But it, you got to enjoy it all.
1: You see it as a major negative, or, or yeah, what are your thoughts on the DEA trying to make CBD extracts now illegal? Like now, this is something that has no THC in it. And they're trying to make that illegal as well as cannabis.
0: I think that's kind of, you know, everyone, well, I'm not should sure to say everybody, but, you know, people that know and understand this type of thing can understand that. It was That was kind of the, the plan all, all along. From what I understand, it's, it's you know, they're going to genetically modify hemp and they're going to control the seed and they, you know, they want to control cannabinoids. You know, they want to they'll have patents on them. They want to control them where you're, you're basically not able to grow or, you know, and eventually uh, it's it's going to be uh, totally, uh, you know, totally commercialized. Uh, you know what I mean? As far as wiping out the local grower and this is going to be mass produced kind of like a, you know, Monsanto and, and that whole spiel. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just, I don't know how it's going to pan out and when, but it's, It's definitely going to be controlled by, you know, big biotech and, you know, that whole thing, big pharma. And that's what they're certainly gearing themselves towards, no question.
1: Man, just glad there's guys like you involved, Riley, so at least you try and keep it as honest as possible while other people are just talking about money. You keep talking about really what people need to know, which is learning and healing from cannabis. So, man, so happy to have you a part of it and also to be on Potstock Radio. So now back to Hemp Heels Foundation and Hemp Heels Philly. Do you think there's going to be a Hemp Heels 4 this summer in Philadelphia?
0: Yeah, we're just uh we're just waiting on uh waiting on the date and locking down the van. So um looking looking forward to that. It's actually be, it's actually gonna be our sixth year doing it. It's uh sixth It's gonna be, it's gonna be uh, six years already, yeah. So
1: holy crap. This is six yeah. coming
0: up. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's exciting you know we we uh, we we love doing it and you know now we you know, we 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 to grow out outgrow it um you know like you That's know, what I was going to say eventually turn it into something st- like a, a Seattle Hempfest you, know? you know
1: I was going to say you've got such good bands that are always involved that you could make it bigger than Philadelphia have you ever thought about doing hemp peels in all the cities through Hemp Peel Foundation
0: yeah, you know, we definitely, we definitely have talked about that. Um, you know, obviously, it's a huge uh, undertaking to, uh, to, you know, to organize that. But uh, that, that certainly is, you know, kind of planned to be in the works here in the next uh, year or two. So, um, I, I, th- I think that now is the time. You know, it's uh, with, with, uh, you know, most of these states now passing or having some sort of legislation in, uh, in place that uh times are are really changing really really quickly and unfortunately it's, it's not quick enough um but uh you know people are becoming more conscious of this and and you know are more you know more apt to embrace that type of thing you know it's a, a healing healing music tour or something like that you know so uh it's, it's certainly been talked about i think it's uh, it's definitely got potential
1: I would love to see it happen because it's bigger than Philadelphia, and you could make it For
0: sure. something yeah, that every, every
1: city would love to see hemp heal. So, all right, awesome. Riley Cote teacher coach and healer hemp heels foundation check them out on twitter they're at hemp underscore heels and he is riley cote really appreciate you being a part of Potstock radio riley and uh, as we get closer to hemp Heels six love to have you back on and this year i want to figure out what i need to do i want to do live pot stock radio from hemp heels philly
0: sweet yeah we could, uh I can talk about how to set that up. That'd be, uh, that'd be awesome.
1: Easy, man. I've been doing this show remote from uh, Eagles games outside in the parking lot at the Wells Fargo Center. So easy to do one live from hemp Peels, Looking forward to it.
0: Awesome, man. Looking forward to it as well. Appreciate you having me.
1: All right, Riley Cote, check him out. By the way, good luck this year with the Phantoms and uh, awesome having you a part, even now that you're retired, still a part of
0: Philadelphia sports. Absolutely. I plan to be for a long time. All right, man.
1: Have a good night. Riley Cote, appreciated as always. He is co-founder of Hemp Heels and Flyers Enforcer. You really should check out, if you're a hockey fan, Google search Ice Guardians and just watch the trailer. If you're a hockey fan, there's nothing cooler than The Enforcer. And to have a movie about The Enforcer made by the guy who did Culture High in the Union, it's a sick movie, so I can't wait until more people can see Ice Guardians with Riley Cote. All right, so that was Riley Cote, guys. Pumped to uh, hear who the lineup would be for Hemp Heels 6. Shocked that it's 6, by the way. Yeah, I thought it was 4-2. Dude, I looked. I thought the last one was Hemp Heels 3. Who would you be most excited to hear was going to be at Hemp Heels this year?
3: I'm just trying to get that big joint that Poe always passes <laughs> out. That joint be huge.
1: Is that real? Do you think that's a real joint?
3: Yeah, it's a real joint. Okay. He smokes it. And he fills it with some some
1: good Mary of, um... of course if if Poe's smoking it it's filled with something real. But forget about Kenny, I'm not asking you what you hope to get in the audience. I'm <laughs> saying when you see the lineup of who's gonna be at Hemp Heels, what you're you're a music dude. Who would you want? Who would you be most surprised and shocked was going to be there? And I, I know who it would be for me. It will be Snoop. If they could ever get Snoop to hemp heels, it That'd would be, be the good. coolest shit in the world. I would say Cypress Hill and Be Real would be number two for me.
2: Be Real and Burner.
1: You know anything about Burner? Mm-mm.
2: He's like yeah, Burner's guy. But uh, him and Be Real hooked up and did like a couple albums together. And they're real uh, like the Girl Scout cookies. Burner is the guy who made that like you know,
1: Okay, all right. So who would you be most excited? I'm I'm sticking with Snoop.
3: Yeah, I'll probably say you know Snoop or Burner. I I really like Burner. Wiz Khalifa. I was
2: gonna Wiz say Khalifa Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. Wiz will be dope.
1: Aperancy,
2: One of the weed rappers.
1: Any Philly local weed rappers that are making a name for themselves?
3: Hmm. I don't really know. So. Not really making a name for themselves.
1: Yeah.
3: I know New York Action Bronson. He'll be dope. <laughs> I love Action Bronson. You watch dope. his
1: show on Vice. Oh yeah. Fuck that's, that's delicious! delicious. Oh, I love, love that show, dude. My buddy just came back from um,
2: uh, like a glass festival in Colorado called Heaters, and he said every time he turned around, everyone was like making a big deal because Action Bronson dropped like three hundred thousand dollars on glass while he was out there. Three hundred, he's like that's that, crazy.
1: dude. He is the most. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. He he goes for it more than anybody I've ever seen. When you watch his show, it's like they can't get an hour down the road without him pulling over three times to smoke, which, by the way, that's why I think, although I love Action Bronson, guys like that can give weed a little bit of a bad name for this reason. I don't think there's anything wrong with weed, but. I think there's something wrong with people's relationship with weed when they smoke like Action Bronson does. But the younger people are gonna think that's what's cool and that is gonna give something friggin' awesome a possible little bit of a bad name. You guys see it that way at all or
3: Yeah, when the average person is smoking a joint or blunt down the street, they're gonna get, you know, arrested and all that, you know, Action Bronson does it on the show, you know. Make it makes it look cool.
1: That's all I'm saying.
3: But like is you know something you could do every day, but it's not. Yeah, at least not in this age yet.
1: Nope, nope. I'm, I'm glad there's guys like Action Bronson that are getting the word out that cannabis is great. But then he makes it to where I could see how people go. That's what's going to happen if we just make it recreationally legal everywhere. We're going to have a bunch of Action Bronsons around. A bunch of fat nope. white guys. Fat, exactly. A bunch of fat white dudes thinking nothing matters except cannabis. And that's not, yeah, that's not true either. It's like it's great, but if you make it your whole life, it's not going to be a good life that you lead. Unless you're lucky and you're Action Bronson and you're a famous rapper rapper, who's also a chef who Vice gives the TV show to, then it looks friggin' cool. Mm. But the average person who now tries to become Action Bronson is going to fail most likely in life, and I hate to see that. So, so what else we got going on? You guys excited about anything else cannabis related? Except, uh, I know KD's just excited about the next smoke out.
3: Yeah, session's gonna be crazy. Uh, I can't even sleep thinking about it. It was almost our birthdays, me and Nick.
1: Yep. It is. You guys got anything good planned for your birthday? Nick, you got anything good going on? And last year we were going to Vegas for your yeah, birthday. Not at the moment right now. I
2: wish going back to Vegas this year would be cool, especially with yeah, all the major changes. I know.
1: I was thinking about that. You need a
3: top Vegas.
1: We went last year. Yeah, what, Amsterdam for the uh, 22nd But I wish. Let's say this. Maybe if, well, that was for your 21st birthday. Maybe for your 31st birthday, you go to Amsterdam. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's about it.
2: You know, I think now they're starting to change everything in the United States. Amsterdam. There really
1: wouldn't be any any difference going. I've about. always wondered that. Because Amsterdam seemed so cool prior to Colorado. Yeah, now that, that stuff's around, you really don't even hear
2: about Amsterdam anymore. I mean, don't get me wrong, I would still like to go to see, like, a different part of the world. Yeah. yeah
3: that's a trip on an airplane,
2: uh, on yeah. everything
1: you're getting from Amsterdam. Shit, you're probably going to wind up getting better quality in the United States now. And I'd be surprised if Amsterdam's like Colorado is, where everybody's eating it and everybody's dabbing. I don't think anybody's dabbing on Amsterdam. Amsterdam's still uh, like a yeah. coffee shop. Yeah, yeah, atmosphere more than.
2: A, I think everybody's kind of on like the concentrate wave right now.
1: I I, I said it when I left uh, Colorado a couple of years ago that I'd be surprised if anybody's smoking pot in ten years, and it seems like it's heading in that direction more and more all the time.
3: Dab is the way to go. You were saying that dab,
1: dab is the day. way to go. Keep the doctor away. What makes dab the way to go for you? Because
3: it's so instant, like I can just like take a dab and is instant high and you know
1: exactly get, what you're getting from a dab or is it like No,
3: nah, um, you don't really know at the end of the
2: day
1: yeah
3: no nah, you don't but it's like taking a different, hit there's different kinds there's solventless dabs too at the end of the day you know where they don't use no butane okay. they might just press the nug on a you know with some heat onto some parchment paper and just press the oils out of the nug or the bud and just you can just dab the oils
1: that the oils where there's nothing they, no, they didn't have to no put alcohol in it. No to, alcohol and no solvents hmm,
3: at all. Really? That's called rosin.
1: That's good to know because most people look at the concentrates and go, Yeah, it's good, but you've gotta frack it or mm. pour alcohol in it or take butane yeah. to extract it.
3: Yeah, butane, um
1: And you're saying nah, you can just, just press can just it.
2: Taking your girlfriend's hair straightener and doing it. No yeah, right. you can, you can take a
3: parchment nug, paper. parchment paper and a nug hair straightener, put that thing between, oh man, press all the oils out at, you know, a low temp.
1: I'm going to have to stay in, I'm glad you guys are around, because I'm that dude who's just a little too old to stay on top of what's going on as the world changes. So glad to have younger dudes around me to go, look, the world's changing, and there's dabs, and you don't. Because I'm thinking the whole time, yeah, dabs are great, except you have to then add alcohol. You have to extract with butane. Wait, you're going to evaporate. It doesn't have. have to be that difficult. You can do a natural dab. The yeah, there's natural dabs. First time I ever heard that.
3: Okay.
1: Learn something new every day here
3: on Stock Radio. So you, you're right about that, it Might You know what I mean? They're going to not care about the flour no more. They're just going to want that instant high from the dab.
1: And, and, and really? The flower to me is what that like holy mecca is like that. Kind of does take away the ritual aspect of it. Yeah, and then there's this. You know, we've all been saying there's this natural plant, this flower, and we're making it into something big. You know, we're we're trying to say that's a drug. But then when we take that natural flower and we burn it down into a concentrate, then I kind of look at it the same way I do. Like, okay. A uh, cocoa plant is just a cocoa plant until you put it through the process and turn it into cocaine. And then it becomes a drug, and I do go, okay, I kind of see the same possibilities happening with the flower of marijuana. The flower of it itself, not that big of a thing, but I can see bad things. Like you would never see someone take in a flower and get into a car accident or pass out. You can see that stuff happen when they concentrate. Oh, I've seen-
3: Someone passed out from a dad, you know, an older fellow, but. Guys my
1: age who were like, I've taken a hit before, and then
3: we thought they smoked weed since the 70s. Oh, nah, this is different. You know what I mean? This is weed times 50.
1: Weed on steroids. Who would you guys be most excited to talk to next month? Hmm. We're going to make it Charlo Green because it doesn't look like we're going to get Charlotte yeah, we'll tonight. So with Charlotte anybody else you guys have on oh, your – We need Poe. Po yeah, 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 yeah. We've got to make that happen. All right, next show. We're going to have a uh, CEO on next show too, hopefully Aurora and MJ, someone who's in the news big time that we've been going back and forth through email. So in February, hopefully we hear from Aurora – charlotte green and poe and that will be a great february i'll put the date out i think it's february 6th will be the next potstock radio awesome all right good show thank you to riley cote for being a part of potstock radio love what he's doing with hemp heels foundation thank you nick thank you kd we will be back next potstock radio february 6th 8 to 10 p.m until then have a wonderful green month
2: Details. Happy New Year! Happy
1: New Year! Talk to you next month.
2: Fox Doc Radio. Fox Doc Radio. Fox Doc Radio. Fox Doc Radio. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. Sir.
0: And that's how she wrote.